Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but prefer the classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. And this week we are so excited to have with us Mr. John Amplis. So excited to have you with us, John. We're giggling over oh here like, like girls because we I, love you so much. <laughs> it's oh true. my goodness gracious. Yeah, we are I'm, super, uh, super, I'm super overwhelmed. fans. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. Um so let's uh, let's talk yeah. about you. Let's talk about your career. Now I know that you started right. out um, uh, with the Pittsburgh Playhouse School. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yes. that and the training you got there? Sure, 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 sure. Um, yes, Pittsburgh Playhouse really has been has been my home for many, 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 many years. Um, in fact, even during the time I was working with George. Uh, I would come back and forth from New York um, and do plays there and and then um, also do uh, 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 films, so, uh, like so, working on Night Riders. So what is I the training program? Night, I was working on Night Riders during the day, and uh, honestly, and I was working in a, a play uh, called The Life in the Theater, which was the 50th anniversary um, of the Playhouse and, and reunion. Oh, wow. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, John Russo, mm-hmm. we used to call him Jack. I don't know why he doesn't like Jack anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> John Russo decided to call a, uh, uh, a schedule, schedule a shoot night. Mm-hmm. After my opening. Oh. Yeah. And I wasn't happy about it. No, I can imagine not. Um, no. And so my first day of shooting, uh, I stayed at the party pretty long uh, before going to the shoot. Um, and um, the truth of the matter is that uh, it was, uh, we were in some kind of satanic ceremony. And this midnight <laughs> movie, and I was—I yep. <laughs> kept my head under the uh, under the cloak, real uh, far, and huh? As, uh, <laughs> and, and as far away from the camera as possible. Was light too intense for you at that moment? <laughs> did you party that hard, John? <laughs> I, I did. I did. It was—it it was the old days, you know. Um, I'm a different man these days. All right. I'm, I'm far. I'm a far different guy. Well, didn't we catch you partying today? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, my party days are long over. So tell me about yeah, what the training program was like at the Pittsburgh Playhouse and how... Uh, well, I... Yeah, after the... Um, after high school and um, 
Uh, in 69, uh, I graduated from high school in 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to the Army in January of 69. Oh, that's and, not a good uh, time to join I, the army. No, that was quite a yeah, that was quite a time. Okay, so um, I I did a year in um, I did a year in Vietnam. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then I I got out. Uh, I got a three month early out from the service in October of seventy one, and um, I still didn't know what I was going to do with my life, to be perfectly honest. Although I had done a lot of community theater when I was a kid, mm-hmm. because my uncle was involved in that, um, but um, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. But then I heard of, uh, and then I thought about the Playhouse, and I went back there. And by that time, the Playhouse had been taken um, over by Point Park University. Okay, and that's where uh, you teach. Which at, yeah, at, th- at that time it was Point Park College. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they were just starting their first four-year uh, program. And uh, all of our training was at the Pittsburgh Playhouse. Oh, wow. In terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of theater. So we had a real working theater uh, that we were all trained in. Um, uh, the situation is the same today, except that... Um, uh, the Pittsburgh Playhouse itself, the original one, um, they just started demolition on it. Oh, no. Uh, Was that, yeah. that must have been hard um, for you to see. So uh, when I got there as a student, that was 1972, um, and I went there for four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the year I graduated, uh, I did a play called Philemon. Um, and, uh, George Romero happened to be in the audience. That's the connection. I was and, wondering. Yes. And, and that, yes, that's the connection. And, uh, George, um, he and I talked after the, uh, after the play that evening. And, uh, he said he had a, he had a script he's been working on. He was considering writing the title character as an older person. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, um, this sounds, uh, this sounds a little, um, uh, I can't, uh, uh no, you're so, great. It's uh, not, no, uh, it's not self aggrandizing or anyway. You're wonderful. <laughs> anyway, he was inspired he by said, you. <laughs> he said that, um, he said that he has this play, I uh, had this film, uh, and uh, he was thinking about using me. So he went away for a couple of months. He rewrote it. Uh, he called me. He sent it to me. And um, the, late that summer, uh, early fall, we started shooting Martin. That's incredible, John. So the thing is, that yeah, he, cool. see, he sees a play, singles you out of the entire cast, and is like, that guy. Yeah. That's who I need that's to play correct. my lead. I'm going to rewrite my that, entire script for him. That's in, that that's must a dream. Felt, it is a dream, and I, I can't imagine I anybody know. else playing that part but you. I agree. He said that himself. Yes, it's true. Um, so, what did you think when yeah. you read the script? I mean, it's a pretty intense uh, part. I yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, and here I am. I'm a well, not so young, but young. I was 27 when I shot Martin. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, but I looked. I looked about 18. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's kind of so great about the character is you really can't tell how old he is. He looks like he yeah. could be, you know, mm-hmm. in his 20s or in his teens. So when you read the yes, script and you read read about, you know, even the opening sequence where you have this kind of bloody battle in a train car. And like, how did you feel about <laughs> that and shooting those uh, kind of scenes? Well, I, you know, I um, I was just happy to have a job. Mm-hmm. A young actor wanting to be an actor, wanting to do it as a profession, uh, and getting this job, you know. Um, it, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I did all my homework uh, properly. And um, How does one do, you know, do, do homework for something like that? I'm sorry, say that again? How does one, how did you, what did you do for homework? What did you study? Did you watch other what vampire you movies? You're, you read <laughs> my homework is always read the play mm-hmm. okay. or read the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Know what the story is and understand the story. So actor um, text work, breaking uh, it down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's ultimately what an actor hopefully does. Uh, a good actor hopefully does anyway is, once you're working, you're playing everything moment to moment. Mm-hmm. So you have to be involved. You have to be aware. Um, and if you if keep it simple <laughs> and do what's asked to be done from the text, you can't go wrong. And, uh, so that's the kind. That's the kind of homework I do. What's so great about I, the character is that someone who's so sympathetic and yet so kind of evil at the same time, I, and yet you can't help but kind I, of fall in love with him. And Terry and I love the character uh, of Martin uh, more than we should. It's really kind of creepy. Uh, well, I, <laughs> it's true. It's really true. I know. I know. It's it, it sick. <laughs> so what was your what was your take? Um, it's, it's true. What was your take on it? Were you like... I mean, were you uh, put off by that or were you excited by that? Or what did you think going into it or how did you go and not judging it? Because I feel like you, you don't seem to judge him in any way and this character while you're playing it. Oh, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as any character is concerned, they believe they're right. Right. So whatever, whatever they're after um, at any given point in time, um, they believe they're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, always. Um, so um, he was he was trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Right. The only way he knew how. Um, and uh, uh, now, I, of course, he's a crazy mixed up kid. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think that's what he was just simply trying to do. He was, he was, he was trying to survive. Now, was he a vampire? Well, he did, he did take blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so in that sense, you know, I guess he was, um, but certainly not this, um, certainly not this, uh, uh, gothic image of what we have, right. uh, as vampires, um, but, you know, if you're told you're something from a young age and you're told it over and over, uh, you, start to, you start to act out on it and you start to become that thing that people are kind of prophesizing you are. Absolutely. Uh, so I think a lot of it uh, was whatever his 
environment was in, uh, where you know how he grew up, and what he was told, and how he was brainwashed. Um, he just tried to survive in his own way. I mean, obviously, intimacy was his issue, right? Right. Um, and not knowing how to, not knowing how to make that work. Well, um, so interesting that you have this character that you know he's so afraid of the world and how he fits into the world and, and you know feels like this eternal outsider but you take the 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 idea of a vampire which uh since you know time since bella lugosi came on screen has always been this very yeah, suave yeah. and sexy sure. character with all these magical powers which you know <laughs> immortality and flight right. and you strip all of that away and what does it come down to and you're just right. drinking someone's blood which is just this barbaric act uh it so is, i think it's it, cool to strip it, away it, all the it, all the fuss it is yeah it's a terrible compulsion and it? it's uh you know he's uh he's a serial killer yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so how was the film received it, upon release actually it was well received um even though it was first released as a you know, it was first released, uh, they, it, it, people had just started, theaters just started doing these midnight shows. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's the venues that uh, it played in. Um, but it had, it had very good critical acclaim. Um, and, uh, you know, it was mentioned in Newsweek and, uh, uh, and, not to say, and, and, you know, some major magazines and newspapers. And uh, really like like the film, but um, you know this was a time. This this was a time when the horror film uh, was not as acceptable by the mainstream as it is today. Right. Um, and as an actor, did you uh, feel that as getting into like your first film role would where, be horror? Were you afraid you'd be tight as an actor? I, yeah, as an actor, I kind of, uh, I, that I was faced with that almost immediately upon its release. Mm -hmm. The fact that, um, people were looking at it first and foremost with an opinion about it, um, because it was low budget, uh, that it was already less than, less than good. Mm. Um, so the B movie was not, you know, it was Saturday afternoon or it was a midnight, you know, at the Waverly. Um, and, and that's about all you got. That's about all that, that happened. They didn't get any real kind of mainstream um, outlets. Um, so that, I think that's one of the things that got in the film's way. Um, Plus, it was different. Everybody would see George Romero's name. Right. And he was most famous at that point in time for for Night of the Living Dead. Right. Which uh, I'm sure you had and, seen before you were in Martin, correct? Yes. It was, that was eight years prior to meeting George. Okay. But you had you seen uh, Night of the Living Dead before you, before you were in Martin? I was in Pittsburgh. I, I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, mm -hmm. I knew of uh, Not Even Living Dead. Mm -hmm. I was not uh, perfectly honest. I was never a horror fan. Mm -hmm. um, not that I, 
not that I'm not a fan. It's just that uh, I, it wasn't something. It wasn't something I paid a lot of attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the guy that asked me to be in Martin just so happened to be the guy that made Night of the Living Dead. And uh, and then once I got to know George, I started to get to know a little bit about what he did prior to prior to you know us meeting and starting to work together. Um, Are you and uh, but he was. Yeah, uh, George was pretty, uh, he was, he tried to do a lot of different kinds of films, The Crazies, uh, Always Vanilla, Mm -hmm. um, which were a little bit of a departure uh, for him. But I think ultimately after he, Martin was the first movie he said that he felt like he was a real director. Interesting. Uh, He got... He stepped away from behind the camera because George did a lot of the work himself. Mm-hmm. He he would write the scripts. Although in Night of the Living Dead, John Russo, right, same guy that wrote Midnight, uh, John Russo was a contributing writer for um, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, but George shot it. He was the camera guy. He was, you know, the director. He was the writer. He, and and quite frankly, I think George is at his best when he does all of that. Uh, he was really a Renaissance guy um, and was able to, had the, had the experience to be able to do all those things. He was a magnificent editor, um, which I think is one of the reasons why, why uh, even though there was a longer version of Martin's shot, yeah, I heard there's like a uh, three-hour version. I want to see all of it. I'm so sad that we can't see all of it. <laughs> I don't think you ever will. Oh. No. I don't, I, I don't think that movie uh, exists anywhere unless the producer has it. All right, Ooh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. That would be a dream. Yeah, well, you keep... Yeah, you keep that dream alive. And we will. We will. Uh, <laughs> so are are you surprised at the lasting power that George's films have had and that people still... Oh, my God. Oh, I, you can't believe how, how surprised I am. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even know what was going on with it. Uh, you know, I worked for George six times over the course of about, 25, 20, 20 to 25 years. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it was shot in 1976. And here it is, 2019. Uh, this movie is 43 years old. Wow. And I still get people um, coming up to me and saying, oh, I just saw Martin. <laughs> and they fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, every generation is finding uh, it's finding a new audience, uh, and that just surprises the hell out of me. Um, of course, of course, it's also because it's a George Romero movie. Everybody's interested. Um, but he made Dawn of the Dead, I think, because people were not people were shouting, you know. Sure. Whereas. Where's Night Where's the sequel to Night of the Living Dead? But it's more than so just a was, sequel. It's it's you know it's something that you take the oh, sequel and not, you multiply it by a thousand. 
Yeah, the truth is it's not really a sequel. He wrote all three of the dead movies that he shot here, uh, Night um, uh, Night and um, Dawn and Day. Um, oh, I, I lost my train of thought. That's what okay. Was I um, anyway, they were all, all three of them were shot here. Uh, but he... Um, he had become known for these films at that point, and it was hard for him to get. It was hard for him to get funding um, to do something other than uh, these dead movies. That's so uh, crazy to hear. Yeah, that's so which, crazy. Which, which can happen, and as an independent, um, uh, you know, Hollywood didn't pay any attention to him or want um so he had a lot of difficulty uh he had a lot of difficulty with the uh the system of the day and who they were who who they were willing to give money to and who they weren't and for george um they just didn't want him to make anything except dead movies which is such a shame because uh, he really is able to go in so many shame. different directions. And that's what's so cool about him. Yeah. You look at yeah. Night Riders and yeah. you look at Creep Show and you go, how are these all made by the same person? And yet they were. Yeah. And also the depth that he has yeah. to everything he did, the layers that you, in every single one of his films is what I'm super intrigued right. by. And the overall messages. He was yeah. always going deeper than what you're seeing on the surface of every one of those projects. That's correct. You're absolutely correct. So You're you, good. <laughs> she is good, isn't she? Uh, so yeah. you really got to see um, Romero behind the scenes of all of these movies, and I know that on Dawn yeah. you did some of the casting and some of the makeup. And like, can you talk about just watching him as a friend and also as a mentor? Is like watching him go and do these different movies through the year and what it was like on the behind the scenes kind of way. Oh, sure. Well, you know. Um, the one great thing about about George is his set was his set was always calm and always there was always a good time to be had. Uh, there was a lot of jokes. There was a lot of laughing. Um, the crew was funny, for goodness sake. I mean, everybody was. Um, this was a family. This was a family oriented production. Um, and he did that with every movie, uh, certainly every film that I was involved with him on. Um, uh, he created this atmosphere. And over the course of the time I worked with him, you know, we, it was, it started with, you know, six to eight crew members. Well, those specific crew members were with George all the way through. Everything he done here, he did here in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's and awesome. um, everybody, we all knew each other, and so I'm, mean, you know, my a lot of my good friends are still, you know, Romero people. <laughs> um, I, they are. I'm still calling, you know, I'm still calling people like Tony Buba and uh, uh, and Tom Savini and. Uh, 
so I, I I'm still I'm still pals with all these folks. We love hearing yeah. that Julia, especially just smiled so big right now. I wish yeah. you could see it because she's a big Tom Savini oh. fan as well. Yes, <laughs> all of um, so everybody's Tom Savini fan. Well, and you got to so you <laughs> I, you have a credit for makeup on Dawn. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh. If you were working with Savini on some makeup just, stuff, I, I, I just you know I the, the truth of the matter is I just wanted to be there, you know. <laughs> uh, and well, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just did anything I I, I did anything uh, I was asked to do. In, in, including a very un-PC role uh, in Dawn of the Dead, where they threw me up on the rooftop of uh, 247 and um, uh, made me play a Puerto Rican gang member in bad makeup. And I, I still apologize to every Latino and Latina I, I meet at a convention. <laughs> I say, that's you? That you did? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic, though. Um, you do what you got to do to get uh, it yeah. done, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And can you I was helpful. I did get David M. He cast in Dawn. Uh, he had been, he was an old friend of mine from the Playhouse. He was um, one of the, uh, he was one of the professional company members when I got there, when I started college. Uh, and he and I stayed friends uh, through the time we uh, left Pittsburgh, went to New York. And, but uh, I was able to get him cast in Dawn. He had a nice, uh, he had a nice role. He did. Boy. He's got my favorite zombie and, walk of all time. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. It's it's incredible. It's <laughs> you can he, tell he's been trained as an actor. You can mm-hmm. tell that it's like that body work. <laughs> he was. He was trained in that. David was really good. I mean, he was great on stage too. Uh, but he was uh, David was a really great actor. So tell us yeah. about your uh, your time uh, working under all of that makeup in Creepshow. Oh well, you know it it wasn't it it was not terrible. I mean, it really fit pretty well. Um, I had to. I was called in because. Savini actually uh, called me to do uh, that uh, dead Nate creature. That's mm-hmm. what we call him, mm-hmm. dead Nate. Um, because at the time, I was a much thinner guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I was maybe 30 years old. and um, did not. Uh, So he needed somebody that he, if he built something that looked emaciated and they put it on, it would still look like the character was emaciated, mm-hmm. you know, right. And um, so that's one of the reasons he called me in to do it. And I sat under plaster and fittings for the uh, costume and materials for about a week or so. And then I went away for a while. And Tom uh, then worked on putting the creature together, creating it as a, as a character, and um, that took about a month to do. And then I went back and shot for another week. Um, The only part I didn't do, now this is a story that I have to tell on myself. Um, There's a a 
couple of moments uh, where there is uh, um, maggots mm-hmm. uh, on the creature's mouth and eyes, and it wasn't me under the uh, under the head. I, I think that's all right. I think I can understand Julia why. Julia and I. <laughs> Side with you wholeheartedly on that. Julia hates <laughs> bugs more than anything. Yes. So I know she would I, not be I, okay with it. And I would also, I don't think I could do it either. So we understand. Well, <laughs> the, you know, the problem was I probably would have done it, but the dummies gave me a choice. <laughs> uh, so, like, well, if I choose uh, between maggots and no maggots, uh, I would choose no, no maggots. maggots. And, Thank you. <laughs> and, and one of our PAs raised their hand. Um, and she said, I'll do it. Oh, God bless her. <laughs> and <laughs> under the makeup, she went and, um, and she had no problems. Good for her. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I have to, but, I have to admit I'm a so, gigantic Stephen King fan. So was he around during filming of Creepshow? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was. He was around for, he was around for the shooting of I think he was there for all of the shooting, for all of the uh, scenes, for all the different uh, pieces. Um, nice guy. I actually met him initially on Night Riders. Oh, wow. Uh, because he was roaming around in Night Riders. Uh, <laughs> I like to picture was, that. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, he has some film time all right. um, as a spectator, I think. Um, All right, that's that's our yeah, Easter Night egg Rider. for the day. Everybody watch Night Riders and yeah. look for Stephen King. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so um, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Let's talk about uh, Midnight. Okay. So tell us how I told you, you my first. I told you the first story about Midnight and <laughs> how uh, upset I was. That, yes. Uh, he called it on opening night. We won't talk about that. Anymore. That's all right. That's, that's all right. So my resentment has long been over. <laughs> so tell us about <laughs> getting the script and how you got involved in it and the shooting. Well, originally it was primarily um, a friend of mine, a friend of Jack's, John, um, was Raymond Lane, mm-hmm. who starred in Always Vanilla. And was part of the original Image 10 group that um, made uh, Night of the Living Dead. Okay. So there was a group of people from Night of the Living Dead um, that went on and George made crazies, always vanilla, uh, and so on. Um, But... John, uh, Raymond and, and Jack remained friends. And uh, so Raymond asked people from the Playhouse, would they want to be involved in this in this movie? Um, and so because I had I had respect for for Raymond, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And um, all of us were um, I mean, it was it was past the time we were. I, I'd been graduated and I've been living in New York for four years already. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, I came back and a whole bunch of uh, us that had gone to Point Park and to the Playhouse were cast in in Midnight. Um, and so that's how that's how I got involved with that again. 
Um, and so almost everybody on screen, except for a few, uh, were especially all of us Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> and how how was that? How how was uh? <laughs> I never play did. Satanist. I, I, I never did get involved in any of the satanic rituals that they did no you didn't yeah. have to do very much uh, in the rituals i was looking out for you yeah. in the rituals and i was like he's not there i mean you're still menacing in there in the background right. sometimes but you didn't actually get to like do the actual you know ritual portion no i i i didn't i Maybe would say that's, that's the, the best the flaw with I, this I, film I is there can't. needs more john amplis i agree i think there should have been more of you in the movie yes i agree oh that's nice to say <laughs> no but yeah, it's true <laughs> There. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I enjoyed doing what I what I did though. I I, I had the time. Uh, and was that also uh, shot in the in the Pittsburgh area? Say that again. Was that also shot in the Pittsburgh area? Yes, it was. Yeah. Do you remember uh, uh, any of the filming for exactly it? What part of? what part of the world it was here in Pittsburgh, but um, there's some rural, I mean, you don't have to go too far. And it gets real rural um, quickly, outside huh? Outside of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to, find, to find rural country. Yes. Um, so our topography is pretty pretty interesting that way, because we, which is why we get, we're lucky enough to get some pretty major films come in. Because of our topography, it can right. play as New York, it can play as, you know, God's country, it can, you know, so it has a lot of faces. Well, that's what um, I think that's what Romero could helped out with the, with the, you know, when I think Pittsburgh, I think Romero. So I think that that's kind of part of, yeah. you know, it, it put, put it on the horror map as this location since you have, you know, Nightmare, oh, Night has. and Dawn. Yeah, it certainly did. We just, we did, um. Uh, two now, two conventions. Uh, the Evans people, Evans City people, um, uh, run a convention every fall. So the last couple of years, they spent, they did a reunion for Dawn uh, because Dawn was shot at the mall, and we had access to the mall, and so Ooh. we held a convention there. Held a and convention in last, the mall? That's so cool. Wow. Yeah, and this this last the second time uh, we uh, we did a creep they did a creep show reunion as well as a song reunion, and um, I made the most money I ever made. At convention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, how is it to be you know as you working in a convention and you have all these people coming up and telling you their stories about their yes. remembrances of Martin or Dawn. What is that like yeah. to have that experience? It's, um, well, you know, I, I got into it kind of late because I didn't know all of those people were even out there. Mm-hmm. That you had fans uh, waiting Lord. to see you and meet you. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know these convention things were existed. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori Cardill called me once when I was working. Uh, and uh, said, uh, my manager wants you to come to, you know, to California or something. And I said, what What for? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there are these conventions that fans that want to 
that are, you know, fans of George Romero films and, uh, and they want to meet you. And I, I thought you're crazy. <laughs> finally, finally a fan convinced me and, um, you know what these conventions are? They're love fests. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. Um, they, um, I, without these fans, you know, none of us would be, would have, you know, none of us, first of all, would be there, mm-hmm. um, without the fans. I mean, they're the ones that are keeping, um, George Romero and his legacy alive. And they are so appreciative of the people that are, were part of these films that they know so well and love so much. Um, they're so appreciative, appreciative to meet you and to get to shake your hand. And, uh, and I feel the same way. I'm just overwhelmed by it. Um, because if it weren't for the fans, we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be thought of. Um, so it's a pretty special, it's a sp- pretty special uh, thing. Um, really heartfelt that uh, I love going to conventions now. You know? Well, it must be so, so nice to know that you know your your friends' work and the work that you're involved in are everlasting, and that they're going to continue to be ones that people watch because they're worthwhile. Yeah, and you have, still yeah. resonate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, with Martin, that connection and intimacy, the challenge of that is ever present, <laughs> you know, and as technology has changed, too, I think it's still even more of a thing, even though we have, you know, Internet connection. I mean, we not yeah. have personal connection with people. So I really appreciate, yeah, yeah. you know, the stories of that. Yeah. And then even with um, with Midnight here, the trope of you being yeah. on your own and isolation, I think, is what's huge across that whole film. And even if you're part of this you know, group or whatever, it, it, you you still can right. be very alone, even in the midst of people and company. And I think that's something that kept coming up over and over again um, through a lot mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're really well versed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did some homework. We've been watching everything. We're trying to make sure. And Julia has been like the greatest. She's like my leader here in horror uh, culture and the world here. <laughs> so I've been taking lots of notes. <laughs> Well, All right. Well, I, well, I have to take notes too because <laughs> when I talk to fans, the truth of the matter is they know more about the movies than I do. They know. <laughs> they've about, watched them more, more than about you. The films that I've been in. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they've watched I've it twenty in, times and you shot that, it once. <laughs> yeah, they know. They know far more about you know what's going on than I. I do. Well, and that's all the time. Part of what we love. That's great to do about this podcast is we want to give signal boost to movies that we feel are worthy, worthwhile, and really something that has something to say. And Martin in particular, you know, even though Terry and I are hot for Martin and that's a whole separate issue, but the fact that you have this character who, you know, and I think in the internet age, it's even worse that he's so isolated and this radio show is like all he has of connection. And I think, you know, looking at that now you go, Oh, okay. Well, we see that so hard now that these, you know, you're trying to connect any way possible. So I feel like it's only getting more relevant. You know how I heard about you, right? No, I think it was someone sent me a link to, I don't go on Twitter myself. Um, I, I have an account, but I never use it. I don't even know how, 
Um, but Patton Oswalt made a mention of your show about Martin in a tweet. And when I heard that, that's when I contacted Julia, I guess, and said, uh, how about having me on? Yeah. <laughs> we are ever so but, grateful. I guess we are. Well, and I was, well, I was flattered by the fact that it was Patton Oswalt. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, in our... Actually, Pat Oswalt and I had a long, like, text message conversation about Martin. And I was like, I want to hear your point oh, of view. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, we talked oh, all about it. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, like, the theories, because, like, you you kind of laid it out. And I love that you leave it ambiguous, too, because that's always the question is, is he a vampire or not? I think that's everyone's kind of question over and over again. Right. And it's uh, like, nurture nature, you know, what made this happen? Yeah. And so he's got his own theories. And so Julian and him are <laughs> going back and forth about that. <laughs> Well, I, you know, uh, I, I was thrilled, you know, because <laughs> I think of Pat, Os- Pat Oswald to me is a celebrity yes, star, you know, yeah, he's great. Um, and so <laughs> he knows, well, he knows Pat who you Oswald are and he loves your performance. To these people, I better pay attention <laughs> to these people. So, I, you know, I got in contact with you and said, thanks. Oh my gosh, I love it. We got to, we got to put that on, a, on our posters. Yep. <laughs> Pat Oswald said to check us out and told John Onplus to check us out. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 We are so happy that you took the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much. Um, oh, it is my pleasure. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm maybe I'm jabbering too much. No, not, giving you not a, at well, all. What we wanted, we wanted to hear you jibber jabber and talk with us and share your stories <laughs> well, and knowledge. And we good. really that's what I do. I <laughs> we love it. I talk too much. No, 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 not at all. This is a podcast, so people are tuning in to listen to us talk, and we, they want to hear you as well. Um, we have a question okay. for you before we let you go, sure. um, because this is okay. horror movie survival guide, and we're always looking about ways to survive. And there's different rules we've Absolutely. noticed that get broken a lot, obviously, too, in these films, like especially Midnight. They went camping, they did drugs, and they drank, and those are all things that are going to get you killed in a horror movie. And it happens right. in Midnight, <laughs> straight up. We want to know if you have... <laughs> Any horror movie advice or what, what would be your horror movie survival guide tip that you'd want to pass on to our fans or to anyone to survive a uh, horror movie? What do you think? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Let me think. What, what advice, good advice that would help them. Yeah, good tip. That would help them. Well, I, I don't know. I guess... Uh, I, I, I guess keep the lights on. Oh, <laughs> right. Because as soon as you turn them off, that's when bad stuff happens. That's so basic, but so genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't let the lights go off. Then, right. You know, if the lights go out, then you're in trouble. All bets are off. Yeah. You can't see it. <laughs> can't see it. Can't fight it. Yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's not very good, but that's, that's my best shot right now. I like it. I've never thought about it. And, Honestly, and it's turned the lights on in my brain. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look, you know, they open that basement door and it's dark. And they don't and, turn the light on. You go right down. And they don't put the light on. I know. Come on, but guys. They go, they go down into the abyss. <laughs> 
Thank and then you. you hear the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. This has been so wonderful oh, to talk to you. Holly. Thank you so much. It was very kind of you to uh, invite me on, um, even though I kind of pushed at you to do it. Oh, we, I apologize. Uh, are you no need to apologize? We're delighted beyond belief. If you could see our faces, <laughs> I have like, a perma smile this whole interview. Yes. I am dying of We're delight. Like, I'm trying not to giggle because our producer was like, please don't giggle too much on the microphones or else it's gonna be a giggle cast. Is your, and we is have your like podcast also is your podcast also uh, 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 a film? No, but uh, our, our producer's uh, taking yes. pictures of us right now because we both have our hands <laughs> over, over our, our hearts, <laughs> and we're so, like, touched and happy. It's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I am so, well, I, I, I'm truly, I'm truly touched by that, you know. Um, I was a very lucky guy for a long time to have an opportunity to work with a guy like George. Yep. And to know and to meet the people um, that I, that I, that I've met and continue to have a friendship with. In fact, uh, October, uh, in Ohio at Cinema Wasteland, we're doing our very first Martin reunion. <gasps> what? Tell, tell. Yeah. Wow. After 40, after 43 years, we're doing our very first reunion. That It'll sounds be, wonderful. Uh, me and Chris, Chris Romero, um, and uh, his uh, his last wife, his his wife during during all of our working together. Mm-hmm. She was Christine and Martin. Oh, and, she's great. Uh, Savini and um, Sarah Venable, the woman that was in the that was in the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I uh, love her. Oh yeah, that I stalked. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be there. Um, who else? Um, that sounds incredible. I think I hope Tony Bubba will go because it was his house, mm-hmm. his parents' house that Martin was shot in. <gasps> oh, um, how did his parents feel about that? <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was. A, I'm telling you, this was a close knit group. Mm-hmm. Um, we all did everything during that shoot. Um, picked up table, moved things, did whatever was necessary to do. Yeah. And that's um, just to get the movie shot and to, to make sure we were doing it well. And I'm sure that Anyhow, you're, re- you're, you're getting uh, in community theater helped with that feeling of everybody pitches in because that's part of what theater is all what about. You do. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And it was, uh, you know, like in theater, you have, you have oftentimes uh, a theater will have a repertory company. Well, right. George created a repertory company over the years. Yeah. You know, and we've all had the opportunity to be in a number of these movies um, and uh, and participate in, in, in and be a part of, of his creative process. You know, so it, it, it was always fun. Um, <laughs> and the truth is, remains fun to this day um, because we see each other, you know, at least a couple of times a year, a lot of us get together and are able to uh, 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 hold on to friendships. Mm-hmm. And you're also, your friendships will be everlasting as well as your film roles. And that's, what's so 
great about it. And we, I know, I know. it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm astonished by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have made our day completely. We're going to be beaming all the way oh, home today. Thank you. Can't even tell you how excited oh, we are. Thank over you. freaking joyed. Overjoyed. You're lovely. Thanks. Such Thanks. a pleasure. And oh. I know your students love you. I've had some of them reach out and, and just say how wonderful you are. And, and uh, I, I just, oh. you're a delight. I've had some great students over the years. You really have. So, yeah, I really have. I have. And uh, uh, I'm proud of everything I did. I can't, you know, I wasn't. I was no big deal, but I was <laughs> I, I, I did what I could. <laughs> well, you're a very big deal to us. I'm, Thank you so I'm much, John. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You have a wonderful evening. And, uh, yeah. Tell 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 my friend Pat and I said hello. Okay. We will. <laughs> we will. I totally will. I'll text <laughs> him right text after him right now. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll meet him. All right. We'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> That'll be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. Thank you very much. Have I, a good uh, night. I had a good time. <laughs> Thank you, us too. All Thanks. Right. All right. Bye bye. All right. <laughs>